it's no little trickle. There's no little bit of water breaking through. It's just an almost uncontrollable surge of supply and abundance breaking through, bursting through. He's the God of the breakthrough. And there's times in our life when we can identify with that Ezekiel scripture of, you know, first a, a trickle, and then we go into our knee, and there's, there's those times in our lives. But he is also the God of the bursting through. Our church, the prophetic over his kingdom in this town, we have to believe that he is the God of the bursting through. That the abundance behind the floodgate is not meant to be contained there, but burst through. Lord, we open up our spirit to you this morning, God. All that you have for our lives, God, we are willing to receive it. We're willing to see it. God of the bursting through, you are our God. Hallelujah. Come on. of your life. this morning, Holy Spirit. Fill our life, fill our heart. Set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? So good to see you all this morning. Who's excited to be in church? To think that those two words, church and excitement, can still uh, two things, two songs back. What was that song we just? Uh, no, no, not that far back. In the sunsets, free is free indeed. Uh, I've been sharing a bit about that the last few weeks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've captured something for your own life, because there's many areas in your life and in my life we haven't yet experienced freedom in but I believe he's the God that to have life and life to the full and uh, I think that there'll be a bit more breaking through this morning as we come into his word and as you open up your heart to him let's just pray Lord we're vulnerable this morning we're at your feet We're in your hand this morning. Shape us and mold us. 
May we hear your voice. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to drop this down. I'm excited to share this morning. We're going we're gonna to look into 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Treasure found in urban vessels or clay jars or fragile jars. I'm not sure what your version says. But this treasure it speaks of in this passage of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is a treasure that is out of this world. Do you understand that you've had your life opened up to something that is beyond what you can experience in this world? Do you understand that you have opened up your heart, if you've invited the Lord in, you've opened up your heart to something that is incredible and you know, unex- unexperienced in any other way for any other person that's ever walked the earth. That there's something that God has put in you, which is out of this world. Start reading from verse 1. Treasure in fragile clay jars. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we can never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone. This is Paul writing to this particular church. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. Only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Say glorious light. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. See, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in your hearts, so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. This light that is the glory of God, which is seen in the face of Jesus, shines in our hearts. This is huge. The glory of heaven is shining in our hearts, shining like a light. Scholars say that when we get to heaven, that there is no sun, that the glory of God lights up the place. That very light is the light that the Scripture is talking about, which has been placed inside every one of us. Wow! But let's read on. This is where we come into it. So that's the glory of the Lord, the light of God. But here we come into it in verse 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. 
Anyone feel like a fragile clay jar sometimes? I know you do. You've told me. I know some of the things you're going through. And he has taken this shining light, put it within ourselves, who are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pleased, uh, sorry, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Can I hear an amen this morning? We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Anyone know the next line? There you go. But we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Did you get that? Through our suffering. If there's anyone suffering anything this morning, that through that suffering, you get to, it's, a, it's an avenue for the light of Jesus to come on through. Yes, we live under constant danger of death, Paul says, because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. I love the contrast of the Bible. It's faith that the psalmist had continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Amen. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Now, hear an amen this morning. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze, Kevin, on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It's the extent of my reading this morning. Powerful, amazing, encouraging. I don't know where you find yourself this morning, how low you find yourself at the moment, but that should be the most encouraging thing you've heard in a long time, that God has glory and his wonderful light into. In the midst of our humanity, in the midst of our flaws, our rawness, our inabilities, in the midst of our weakness 
our brokenness, God places his light, his power, his righteousness, his purity, his peace. He's amazing. So let's not focus as much as we do on the vessel. Let's not be consumed by the container, but let's be overwhelmed by the treasure that's placed in the vessel. Rise above your earthly situations into victory. Thank you, Sarana. Faith, not fear. Do you know that every decision in your life that you find yourself to make is driven by a focus of fear, a focus on fear or faith. You find yourself, even in your day-to-day, in the small decisions, you will decide if you will go for something that's going to happen, or depending on if you're focused on faith or on fear. If you think it's going to happen, or it may even happen, or it could happen, or it probably won't happen, so I won't. And our whole life, we find ourselves in the position that we're in now is a result of the decisions we've made up to this point, whether we've made them in faith or fear. You understand what I mean? Good decisions in our life are made when you're focusing on the light of God in you, not focusing on the clay pot with its limitations. I want to illustrate this, and this is powerful, and it goes right back to the garden, right back to the first decision that was ever made, the first, you know, choice, the choice that was given to them of, of, of obeying God or disobeying God. And that decision they had, and, and it goes right back to this Garden, and let me just paint the picture for you. God creates this beautiful space, Eden, and puts man and woman in there, and they're having an awesome time, and God's walking with them in the cool of the evening, and it's just perfection. It's, it hadn't even crossed their mind until the serpent comes into the story and feeds them a lie and says, you know, you can have that. God's just holding out on you. You can, you can taste that and see, and then you'll have your eyes open. And so they do. They make that decision, and they take of the fruit, and we know what happens. The, the, the fall happens, sin enters the world. But it's interesting what happens that night when God came around to spend time with them, and he couldn't find them. Remember the story? God's walking, like calling out to them, Adam, Eve, where are thou? Now, I'm assuming you used that language back then. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? And, uh, and the Bible says that they were hiding, doesn't it? Because they felt shame. God finally comes across them and, and he says, where were you? I've been looking for you. And their response was, we, we were hiding because we were naked and we're ashamed We were naked, and we felt shame, and we've been hiding from you. 
And God asked this amazing, profound question. I can picture him with this little confused look on his face. And and he asked the question back to them. He said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Now, you've got to understand this. They had been naked their whole life to this point. Something had happened. God didn't necessarily sense evil came into the world, possibly, but the story doesn't portray it like that. The, 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 the penny dropped for God the Father in the story when he realized that they had realized that they were naked. Who told you that you were naked? I mean, I've always known you were naked, but how, how did you, you know? How did you realize you were naked? At what point did you take your eyes off my glory and put it upon yourself to the point where you felt shame and you covered yourself? We're not called to focus on our clay jar to the point where we miss the glory of God told you that you were naked. Where are you getting this thought from? A powerful thought, a powerful statement. To not focus on our inabilities, to not focus on our brokenness, to not let any of the, the scars that we carry in our world be the determining factor of where we stand before God. It's his light and it's his glory that it is all about. So let's focus on him. Amen. Flips over into uh, chapter 5 and talks about a new body. Anyone like reading that, that, that chapter? Talks about the new body. But then it goes into this thing which we touched on on Friday night. Friday night we had an amazing service at the Olive Tree. It touches on this thought of being an ambassador for God. Now that we understand this clay pot principle, this raw container with scars, possibly even cracks, that the glory of God and the light of God has been put into, We continue reading, it says that we now have been sent as an ambassador to this place. That we are not of, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are a vessel containing the glory of God. And we've been sent in. And Paul is saying, hey, have the mindset of being sent in as an ambassador for God. You're carrying something in a foreign land. You've been sent from a foreign place, put into this world with goods from that foreign land. You're with me? Sent in as a clay pot full of the glory of God. And this excites me, this picture I get. And I was going to have one up there, but I wasn't organized enough. Why a clay pot with cracks and scars and misshaped and Why not something more pretty, something more fitting for the glory 
And this revelation came to me. It was very simple. It's a little bit cheesy, and I'm sorry, but as those cracks start to become even larger, the, the light that is put in shines out. Am I right? And it's this revelation that Jesus chose imperfection so that he would receive glory. He chose imperfect vessels. Like you'd be, we, we could be in shame over if we, if we really, you know, if we didn't try very hard. But he loves to use that kind of a vessel to pour his glory into because then he is revealed through every crack and every blemish. His light can come bursting forth like a floodgate opening up. My grace is sufficient for you, for in your weakness I am made strong. As we decrease, He increases. So to every single person here this morning that feels like you more than ever in your life have got cracks and flaws and things are breaking down and things just aren't working in your world, I've got good news for you. The glory of God is able to shine brighter in your life, in your Be encouraged by that. Your greatest days are ahead as these cracks just start to open up even more. You're with me? I believe, I wrote this down, I believe that people are changing. God is coming through them like never before. It will only get stronger. People have made decisions in the past, people that have made decisions in the past that are governed by fear are finding themselves saying yes to God as He challenges them to live by faith. And I see it in some of you. Some of you are doing things that you would never have done five years ago. You were too scared to do five years ago. And, and may that be our culture, that we continue to, to grow in God and continue to let Him push us, even with our flaws and our inabilities, even with our fears, that He would push us out there so that His glory may shine even more. Amen? So the things that you have set, found yourself saying no to in the past, no, because you know your limitations, you know your inabilities. Try to change. Try to change from saying no to saying, all right, I'll give it a go. I'll see. Change your no's to your yeses. Say, yes, Lord, for your glory. The state of your clay pot, your vessel, is becoming less and less relevant. You understand that? I'm going to finish with this story. Phil, if you could come up to the... Oh, you're already... This is, I was telling Cassia about this message, and I was quite excited, and I said, I just don't know how to finish it off. And she said, well, what about the story of Gideon? Well, what's the story? I don't go to kids' church. Tell me, what's the story of Gideon? The ability to remember, or Cassia does anyway, the stories, and I forget them. And I'm like, tell me, what's the story of Gideon? She started to tell me. And remember, Gideon was the one who he felt the call of God, but he hid and 
God kept pounding him, no, you're going to go up against this. You're going to lead the army against Midian, the army of Midian. And, um, and he was scared because they were, the Bible describes them as a numerous uh, army, like the sand on a seashore was the size of the Midian army. And he was scared. No, we couldn't do that. And anyway, he finally came round and, and, and felt challenged by God and said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll lead the army. Let's get them all together. And God says, oh, there's one more catch. You've got too many people on your side. We need to cull. We need to cull them back. And uh, <laughs> thanks, God. Just when you work up enough faith to believe in him, he like takes it to the next level. And anyway, um, so he agrees at one point, and so the army numbers come back, and then he comes to God again with his fewer numbers, and he says, all right, God, I'm trusting you, I believe in you. And God says, actually, I still believe you've got too many. We need to cull them back again. I think this happened three times, if I got the story right, until the numbers came down to Gideon and 300 men up against an uncountable army the Midianites, 300 men. Anyway, Gideon hears the strategy of the Lord and puts it into place. And he gets, nighttime, he gets his 300 men to surround this Midian army in three different groups, split them up into 100, 100 that way, 100 this way, 100 you stay here with me. And, and uh, their tactic was that they had a ram's horn, one hand and in the other hand they had a clay pot with a light inside it a torch inside it and they they position themselves around and and Gideon gives them the instruction when you hear me calling out you do the same and and so they they do and he comes to the point in the night where he goes this is the time so he lets out this cry he blows this ram's horn and they all blow the ram's horn. And the Bible says they smashed the clay pot that contained the torch. And their torch shone brightly. And the, the, the huge, vast army of the Midianites see these lights surrounding them. Now, there were only 300, but I'm assuming that in their sight, they would have seen 300 million. I don't know. This fire burning around them and this sound of ram's horns going out that they, they, they get up and they're in total confusion. All of them were taken out and now some of them escaped. So that's when Gideon chased them down and slaughtered them all. They, none of them made it through. And I was like, oh, no way. The smashing of a clay jar and the burning of the glory of God was the very thing that defeated that army that could not be defeated. Could not be defeated. I don't know what it is in your life that can't get defeated, that you've learned to live with because there's no victory. God shining bright is the this clay jar getting smashed and the glory of God shining bright is the key to your victory. Amen? I mean, it doesn't get better than this. Joe, this is as good as the preaching gets. <laughs> Why don't you stand on your feet this morning? Where's the rest of our band? We're going to sing that song you're playing. That's good. 
Take your ram's horn in your hand. I was going to get you to make this massive big shout and make this noise of a ram's horn, but I don't know, that's a bit, that's a bit, you know, it has your father. On the other hand, we've got our clay pot, which we've given way too much attention to, which we've lived in fear over because we're protecting this clay pot because it's already fragile. Can anyone identify with this? It's already fragile. You've got not much left. You're trying to keep it together. But the key to your victory is in the smashing of the clay pot and then letting the light and the glory of God come on through in your life. Close your eyes. If you feel comfortable to, lift your hands. Lord, we are here before you of an army in small number perhaps. But Lord, you've given us strategy and you've shown us what it means to contain the glory of God, the light of God in our life. Help us to smash our clay pots, Lord. Help us to smash that to fall apart. Let's be happy when our flaws come to the light and let us not live in fear, in shame like Adam and Eve, but let's be proud that you have chosen a person with faults like us to put your glory in. Lord, we believe in you. We believe in you. Bring about a mighty victory in our day, we pray, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice to Him. We're going to sing this song. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Sunsets free. The sun Declare sets of your life free. It's freedom for you. It's free. in our world carrying the presence of God carrying the ark the covenant in our heart as we go to our workplace to our school 
back to our family, our friends, and ambassador. Thank you, Lord. You've set us free. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're not prone to the same things that take others out because we're an ambassador from another land. We have another home. We are safe. We are secure. So help us to live on a mission with boldness and confidence, walking with you every day, every day of our life. Fill us, we pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you here next Sunday. Please be praying for Dan and myself. We, we won't see you. But we'll be on the other side of the, country, or the, other side of the world. Um, but be blessed. Have a great week. Stir yourself up with that message this morning. Don't let it go. Don't forget it. It's, uh, get online if you need to. Listen to it again. But just let him, you know, charge you up this week. Amen? Amen. God bless.